are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Tonight, if you're at home, I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles prepared. And if you'll follow with us, we'll turn to several texts. And if you want to get a pen or paper or pencil and write things down, uh, it might be a help. I want us to capture this by the grace of God tonight, because this is where the battle is. There's a battle for our mind. We saw that last week. Our mind is in our brain, that little three-pound walnut shape, uh, and it's divided in three sections. One section of it is called the heart. Last week we saw, saw Proverbs 23, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our, our thinking determines our actions. And so I've got to protect, I must protect my mind. Uh, we saw last week whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are just and whatsoever things are honest and whatsoever things are, are, um, are, are pure and whatsoever things are good report, think on these things. We saw Isaiah 26, 3. Uh, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I want my mind protected, and it's an amazing thing how quickly my mind can get under attack. I believe God's people are facing it right now like never before. I believe Americans are. Our minds, they can trick us. They can get us so negative so fast. So we saw last week this mind is important, and there's two avenues into the mind. Avenue one is the eye gate. Avenue two is the ear. What goes up here is a result of this and this. Uh, I, I sang to the Lord in my prayer time almost every day. I try to sing it, but oh, be careful, little mind, what you think. Oh, be careful, little mind, what you think. For the Father up above, he's looking down. Oh, be careful. I want my mind to be honest. I want it to be just. I want it to be pure. I want it to be lovely. I want it to be a good report. I want it to be peaceful. Thou wilt keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And so we must guard our thinking because our thinking always leads to an action. Why did I do that? Because you thought about it. We just don't step off into sin. We, we, we played with our mind. We don't just step off in discouragement. We choose discouragement because we work with our mind. It's hopeless. It's helpless. There's no, there's no hope in sight. You can't live that way. Uh, God's people, uh, the martyrs of yesteryear, 1,200 years of martyrs, uh, especially during the dark ages, uh, they over uh, somewhere between 50 and 100 million, they lived in hope. They live that, you know, uh, maybe the greatest things are going to happen today. We have to live in hope. We cannot live in this despair. Now, tonight we move to the eyes. I want to keep this careful and, and, and protected. And so this is so important. And so because of this is so important, I have to make some rules for my eyes. In 1979, on Stevens Creek Boulevard, I remember when my eyes got messed up. 
I, I remember when I was driving down that road, there's a, uh, I think a Toyota dealership there now, but or next door, but there was a different dealership. It was a Pontiac and Oldsmobile and all that. And I went down that and I saw a 1979 Bonneville, brand new on the lot. It was that dark blue green. It had crushed velour interior. You can't even buy a car with crushed Valera interior nowadays. And it, I needed that car. I, I wanted that car. And I was going to figure it out. I, I just, I'm just going to tell you, I, I absolutely had to have that car. I've told this before. I remember several years ago, I saw one of these trucks going down the road that had about maybe 10 cars all piled up and they had crushed them. And I saw the, the actual same color and the nose of that car at the bottom of the heap. You know, if you gave me, God bless you, you might be listening, you might have a 79 Bonneville and you've restored it and say, you know what, I'm getting older, I'm gonna give it to Brother Trevor. Please keep it. I don't want it. Uh, it nobody probably has it because they weren't classics. It, 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 it's, it, I thought I had to have it. You know what I had to do? I had to come to a point that said, I am not gonna drive down Stevens Creek. I mean, it was a conscious decision. And I can recall once in a while that year, I can recall that I had to go in that area and, and my flesh was always willing to go. I wanted to go. And as I drove, I looked just so I could see it. You know, I was playing with fire. Now, thank God I never got it. And that's an easy illustration to give you. But my eye was affecting my mind. I would think about it. I don't remember this is true, but I would imagine sometimes I prayed, Lord, I'd be a better pastor if I had that car. And really it was, it just was not a nice look. Don't go look it up, you'd say, you have got to be kidding. Often we allow our eye to destroy our mind and so our flesh and our pride and our ego and our self and our pleasure, turn with me to Genesis chapter three, please. Our pleasures are fulfilled because we put our mind on something. I've got to have it, I need it. Uh, Miss Traber and I are, and she's here tonight, we're, we're not mall shoppers. And the older I've gotten, I don't even like the mall. Uh, I could go into a store or two. We really don't shop at the mall at Christmas. But they built a new mall over here. They added on another 200 some stores the last couple. I'm excited to go see that, not because of the shopping. I'm excited to see what kind of flooring they put in, what kind of paint they put in, what the, uh, the various appointments and how they, uh, uh, the different, uh, the, the fronts of the stores. I, I'm excited to see that, but I can, go, I can go into a mall and the mall doesn't capture me. It ticks me off. I wanna just go see the architecture. I do not want to get in the mall. But friend, if your problem is shopping, you're going to have to control your eyes. I know this sounds crazy because most of you don't even know what this is, but they used to have something called a catalog. And the catalog had things in there, and I, I'd see those, man, I'd like that. The catalog also, and I, God knows this is true, I know that there's a section in the women's that I should never look at. And I've made a covenant with God, I would never use the catalog to ever go to a woman's section. Because I don't want to see something I don't need in my mind. I need to protect my mind. 
and you need to protect your mind. I want you to see by way of introduction some negative eyes. Look what the Bible says in Genesis 3 and verse number 6. And when the woman, this is Eve, saw, would you underline or circle that word saw, when she saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the underscore, this eyes. She took the fruit and did eat and gave also her husband, he did eat, and the eyes of them were both open. Our eyes get opened after we sin. We can blind our mind to sin. And none of us are exempt from sin. Why people on the internet like to boast of someone uh, another's sin is because they're always, I don't like using that word always, they're always hiding their own sin. They always hide their own sin by finding fault with someone else. Judah did that in the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 37 or 38 right there, where, where he was, I'm ready. David did it in, in uh, 2 Samuel, where he said, that, that man should die. And thou art the man, Nathan said. It's amazing how judgmental we can become of another Christian. Well, it's not my brother nor my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. When someone wants to spread manure about another person's life, I always know that they have great sin in their life. I don't want to tell one bad thing about another person. I'm just trying to keep my own life straight and I'm having a hard time with Jack. Turn with me to Genesis chapter number 13, please. So we have Adam and Eve, their eyes affected their mind and consequently their action was to bring sin into the world. Here is Lot. Lot was raised by his uncle when his daddy died. And Lot had everything, a good home, a good upbringing, a good uh, aunt and a good uncle, Abraham and Sarah. And uh, yet there was strife between the herdsmen. And chapter 13, verse 10, and Lot lifted up his eyes. Behold all the plain of Jordan that was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And he chose them all the plain of Jordan. What made him make that decision? His eyes. Uncle Abraham, you go first. He should have said, but no, he saw something for himself. And he said, I need that. I'm going to take that for me. And I, oh, oh, I, I plead with myself and I plead with you. We must protect the eye. Go with me quickly to Joshua chapter uh, 7. Joshua chapter 7. Your eye, my eye, must be protected. And here is Achan. And Achan caused there to be a, a death of many of his fellow uh, uh, Jews because he, he took the accursed thing. Look what the Bible says in verse 21. And when I saw the spoils of a goodly Babylonian garment, and he saw gold, and he saw silver. I coveted him, I took him. What caused the mind to covet? The mind was affected by the eyes. I saw it. And he gave his life and testimony away for clothes. For clothes. You know, I've known I'm going to this Bible study for quite some time. And I got to think about everything Mrs. Treber and I brought here. 
to this church. Our, our, our cars, we had two of them. They each had over 100, some 140,000 miles, I believe, each. They were not new. They were not fancy. I think of our clothes. I had, I had one suit when I came here. I had a green suit. And I had really basically one tie. Uh, then I picked up another sport coat eventually, and then another suit. But I just had, but when I came here, I had one suit. I'll never forget that. Do you know that every piece of clothing that we owned in 1976 when we came here, you know where it is? In the city garbage dump in the dirt. Right down the road here by the 49ers stadium, there's a garbage dump. Not been there while we were building buildings. They used to take our big, huge dump truck of five yarder and go in there many times a day and dump wood and dump concrete and dump dirt and dump asphalt and dump uh, curbing and uh, dump because we went there uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. You know what was out there also? Our clothes, our dishes, our knives and forks. If we gave them to a goodwill, they're out there now, I'll guarantee it. When we got married, my wife and I, she, she was the most beautiful bride. She had a beautiful hat, and with the hat was a veil. And it's, it's just, it was beautiful. And when she came down that aisle, I thought, I, I, I just, I was overwhelmed. And that beautiful dress, that white dress. Well, we did what most ladies did. We saved the dress. But nowadays, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you began to preserve the dress. There was no preserving the dress. And we hauled that thing around from house to house. Uh, and then we hauled it over here when we came to this church. And we had that dress in a white bag, a plastic bag with a zipper on it. And that bag, it was just, I took care of it. And I made sure it was always hanging up very nice. But I want to tell you something, that dress, it was white when we got married, and it began to change color, and it was yellow. I mean, it was, the beautiful dress looked terrible. My wife said, I wanna throw that away. So, oh, no, no, can't throw that away. I, I, I'll, I'll see if you can get it clean and get it all, all that yellow out of there. No, no, we're not throwing that dress away. No, she said, throw it away. We're good at throwing things away. You know the beautiful dress she got married in is out in the garbage out there somewhere in Santa Clara probably 25 years ago and the, the tractors have come and dug it into the ground and there it's rotting tonight. First car I brought here was a Ford. Guess where it is? And it's not heaven, I'll tell you that right now but because it was a Ford. I'm telling you, everything that means so much to us and to our eyes right now, it's all gonna rot. Remember, honey, when we, we got married, orange was in, and we had that piece of orange carpet your maid of honor gave us, I think her husband. We had orange carpet in our duplex. And then we had this floral couch. I wanna say in Rockford, we bought it at a standard furniture. I'm not sure that's true. We bought a, a couch, our own couch, and two end tables and a coffee table and I think one of the chair. And I, I'm, I'm sure I'm way off. It wasn't $200, I don't think, but brand new. It was beautiful. I wonder if anybody tonight in our video land would like that orange floral couch. 
Oh, it was beautiful way back then. Does anybody, would you email in and say, I'd really like that couch. I'll go with you to the garbage dump because it's in some garbage dump in America. Everything that our eyes says today, we've got to have that. It's going to rot like that 79 Bonneville. Notice, if you just want, you don't need to go there for the sake of time. Gehazi, in 2 Kings 5, he saw an opportunity, and he took that opportunity, and he destroyed his life. And because of it, the, the, the leprosy of Naaman was going to be passed upon Gehazi. He was a leper now because of his eyes, so I've got to have that. Solomon writes to his son, Rehoboam, the book of Proverbs. It's 30, 31 chapters. And in the 31 chapters, he says 37 times, son, guard your eyes. Watch your eyes. Uh, young people that are watching, old people that are watching, middle-aged people that are watching, all of us must put a watch on our eyes. And we always think it's for adultery or something like that. No, we, gotta, we must put a watch on our eyes that we would not put our eyes on something that will wind up destroying our life. I've got to have that. I need that. I need that car. I need that vacation. I need that place. I need to go there. I need a different this, a different pastor, a different church. I need a different wife. I need a different husband. I need a different uh, place to work. Uh, We we get our eyes on things and when our eyes begin to see things, it attacks attacks our mind and then our mind begins to work and generally we make the wrong decision because it's motivated not by the mind but by the eyes. The mind needs to tell the eyes. The mind needs to tell the ear. But we live in a day where our ears tell our mind and our eyes tell our mind. But that's not the way to live. Our mind needs to be arrested by God. And we need to say, I'm not going to look there. I'm not going to see that. I'm not going to listen to that. And our mind needs to govern the eye and the ear. But most people do it another way. I think of Numbers chapter 13, and you don't need to turn there. But when they saw the sons of Anak, they were ready, Caleb and Joshua, let's go. Let's go get that. Let's go, chapter 14, let's win. And they came back and said, we can't. We saw the giants of Achan, and they'll eat people alive. They saw it wrong. Caleb and Joshua said, we can do this. Let's go. 10 came back because out of fear, fear, God's people nationwide, worldwide, they're listening right now. We cannot govern our lives out of this virus, out of fear. It's affected the entire world. We cannot uh, 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 get our eyes on Antifa. We cannot get our eyes on rioting. We cannot get our eyes on liberalism and wickedness and it's no hope. We must get, when the road is rough and steep, fix your eyes upon Jesus. He alone has power to keep. Fix your eyes upon him. I read recently in my Bible reading of Luke in chapter number 15 and this young boy, he said, Dad, I want my inheritance. He, got to, he, he started seeing uh, th- there's, there's property that's mine. There's money that's mine. I want it. 
And the Bible says he went and he made a fool out of himself because he set his eyes and he, oh, he had the friends and he had the fast lane and it was all that he wanted. But when he came to himself, he was in a hog pen of sin because his eyes led him to a wrong decision. On the radio recently, I think Brother David Russ and I were on and we were talking about uh, Steve Currington, the, the man that began the RU program. And shortly before his death at a young age, he was here preaching in this pulpit right here. His young teenage son was here. And, and then shortly thereafter, a month or two or three, he had a massive heart attack and died from Rockford, Illinois, North Lump Baptist Church. And, and what a great man, how God raised him up. I knew the church so very well 50 years ago. I knew the pastor of that church, Brother James Alley. And I, I listened to him in college and he'd preach and it just, he blessed my heart. I remember when he had a terrible accident in the VW and I, I, I really prayed for him. I just, I appreciated that church and that man and he let, later went on to pastor a church uh, in Lynchburg, Virginia. Not Jerry Falwell's church, but another. I don't know if Brother Halley's still alive or not, imagine he might be. But I do know this, that there was a lady and a man in that church and. They, the lady became the principal of the Christian school. And it was a good school. They're a good family. And Steve was brought up in that family. And he's brought up in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival meetings and, and preaching meetings and basketball camps and youth camps and singing and all. He said, I, he said right from this pulpit, we can get the tape and play it. He said, I, he said, I had the perfect life, the perfect home, the perfect church. God wanted me in Bible college, and I said, I'm going to stay out one semester. And he said it right here. He said, that one semester, I became a cocaine addict. Who would ever think? He goes, I didn't even really have demerits in school. I obeyed the rules in the Christian school. Who would ever think in that first semester, I'd go down so fast, drugs and drink and alcohol and the fast lane, and I destroyed my life. And I was in an awful accident, lying there about ready to die as a drug addict. What happened in his life? His eyes got to see something that he had not seen before. He said, I'm missing out. We have Brother Poussin in our churches today, young people, and they're hearing it even from their independent fundamental Baptist preachers. I guess they are, that's what they claim themselves. And everything's a question. Drinking alcohol, drinking wine, going to the movies, going to the dance, uh, dressing a whole different lifestyle. I want to tell you something. It's all motivated by the eye. I want to have this fun. I want to go to this place. I want to be like everybody else gets to. I'm tired of being a soldier of Jesus Christ. I'll read my Bible. I'll pray. I'll be a very religious person. I'll be a very studious person. I'll be a person in the book. But I am not going to take a stand for Jesus. I want what that they have out there. That's why people say to me, well, you know what? These people are good Christians and they're doing that. But I'm not responsible for those people. As a shepherd, I'm so, so, uh, responsible. And when you leave here and you don't like what we have here anymore, then please leave my people alone. Leave them alone. I think about what the Bible says, and for the sake of time, just turn to this one, if you will, here. I'll get to some positive ones, but Luke chapter 21. Look what he says in Luke chapter 21. 
and verse number 25, these last days before the return of our Lord, the Bible says, and there shall be signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, the nations with perplexity, and the sea and the waves roaring, and men's hearts failing them for fear. That, that sounds, Pastor Everson, that sounds like today. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Watch it, watch it. And for looking, looking, that's the eye. Looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Verse 28, and when, you see, when these things begin to come to pass, don't look down. Don't look around. Look up. Amen. Just a little longer and the trump of God shall sound just a little longer and we'll all be glory bound. Look away to Jesus, your redemption draweth nigh. Just a little longer, we're gonna meet him in the sky. Proverbs chapter 23, my favorite ch proverb in chapter 23, verse five, he says, now son, watch out because your eye is gonna set themselves upon riches. I, I, I want riches. Most people's eyes are for toys and money and possession and pleasure and clothes. But God says, lay not up for yourself treasure upon earth where moth and rust dust corrupt. Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Romans chapter three, verse number 18. The Bible says this. There was no, no fear of God in their eyes before their eyes. We live in that day. This newscaster, Como, I heard about it. I, people tell me about it. He was saying, you don't need to be praying to God because this is not God's situation. This is our situation. That's blasphemy. Right. Let me give some positive eyes quickly and we'll wrap it up. Go to John chapter 4, please. When a preacher says, we'll wrap it up, that means absolutely nothing. It's sort of like when Paul says, finally, brethren, don't put your shoes on when a preacher says, finally, brethren, it means nothing. It's just trying to give you hope. I want you to see in chapter 4, if you were all here, I'd have us read it together. Say ye not, chapter 4, verse 35, there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. To our church family, I'm going to ask you, would you get your eyes looking up before Sunday? Lord, what do you want me to do with the bus route? I know we're not running them yet, but what do you want me to do with my bus route? What do you want me to do with my Sunday school class? What are you trying to speak to me? How do you want me to pray more for my class, my students? God, how do you want me in the choir, more faithful and more dedicated, singing out, having it in my heart, praying over it? What do you want me to do with door knocking and soul winning? I loved it, Brother Cooper, on Sunday night, I think it was you preached Isaiah 6-1, where Isaiah, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw the Lord. We are living in a day we must see the Lord. Notice what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. He said, when, when he saw the multitudes, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. J Jesus looked. I, I have these words. 
the song, if I was a singer, I'd sing it, let me see this world, dear Lord, as though I were looking through your eyes. A world of men who don't want you, Lord, but a world for which you died. Let me kneel with you in the garden and blur my eyes with tears of agony. For if once I could see the world the way you see, I know I'd see, serve you more faithfully. The second and the last stanza says, let me see this world, dear Lord, through your eyes when men mock your holy name. When they beat you and spat upon you, Lord, let me love them as you love them just the same. Let me stand high above my petty problems and grieve for men held bound eternally. For if once I could see this world the way you see, I know I'd serve you more faithfully. Our eyes, Lord, our, the Lord's eyes, God's eyes, Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 19, it says his eyes are running to and fro throughout the whole world. What's he doing? He's trying to find out who he can bless. I hope there's a place in Santa Clara, California, as the government begins to put more pressure on us, as the government says, you know, what, they've had us, our, our churches in California shut down 21 weeks. What if they decide another 21 weeks? What if they decide 21 months? God's people somewhere along the line are gonna have to take a stand. God's people are gonna have to say, if I don't stand pretty soon, my children and grandchildren will not know what it is to go to Sunday school. Some of your grandkids, perhaps, are your own children already. They started uh, this whole COVID thing when they were a year old or a year and a half, and, and they're really not into the whole routine of Sunday school yet. But those little kids have no idea what Sunday school is now. 144 days later, they don't know what Sunday school is. They don't know what the nursery is. The preschool kids are gonna, three-year-olds are gonna lose it real fast. They're gonna lose what it is to hear a choir. Oh, to come back, but we gotta get back to church. America needs the church. Suicide is up. Drug addiction is up. Domestic violence is up. When are we gonna get back to church? When do we get back with God's people to the place that Jesus gave his life for the church? I owe a lot more to God than I do Governor Newsom, I'll tell you right now. The Bible says in Psalm 121, lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made the heaven and the earth. Job said this in Job 31.1, Job wanted to live for God. He had, he had lost his possessions, he had lost his farms, he had lost his wife, he had lost his children, those things that were dear to him. But he, but he said, I, I still have, I've lost my health, but I have my purity. And so, so I, Job 31.1, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a woman and lust after her. I'm not gonna destroy my life that way, Job said. Spurgeon, went to church that night where there was that big ice storm. And he walked into church and the preacher wasn't there and a little farmer, sort of pitchfork farmer with this bib overall type guy was preaching that night. And there was just a handful of people at the end of an alley. 
And the preacher said, Isaiah 45, 22, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. Look, he said, young man, you've come wandering in here tonight. You need to look to Jesus. You need to look to him right now. Jesus will save you. Look unto me and be saved. And if you come to Jesus, you can. Spurgeon got saved that night by looking unto Jesus. I, I want to look for him. I want to look for his soon return. I want to look in his word. I want to look maybe today. I want to look for opportunities on the pathway of life because I don't want my eyes governing my life and it's so easy to do. I want my eyes to be governed by my mind which is governed by God Almighty. Guard your eyes. In our hymn book tonight, on page number seven, Clara Scott wrote the song. And the song is a, one we used to sing in church when I was a kid a lot. Open mine eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. That second, open mine ears and let me hear voices of truth thou sendest clear. And while the wave notes fall on my ear, everything false will disappear. The third stands to open my mouth and let me bear gladly the warm truth everywhere. Open my heart and let me prepare love with thy children thus to share. Open my eyes and illumine me, spirit divine. I, I want you to know the lady that wrote that song was born in 1897, January in Elk Grove, Illinois. She was a lady, young and married, but she died in a buggy in Dubuque, Iowa. She was a great hymn writer, and that horse got spooked, began to run, and they could not control it. And it threw her, and it threw her to death that day. But she had left us this song, Open Mine Eyes and Let Me See. Fanny, uh, Crosby, and we all know about the story of Fanny Crosby. And when she was, I think it was six weeks old, and it may have been six days, I just read it, I should know. But there was an infection, and so to treat her infection, they said, you can read a lot by a person's eyes, and the doctor said, I'm prescribing, I am prescribing, prescribing this treatment for her eyes and it prescribed the wrong treatment. And she lost her eyesight. And she wrote us 8,000 songs. People don't know this of Fanny Crosby. She eventually married. As a blind woman, she said a blind woman, I read it not long ago again, she said a blind woman has love in her heart for people, just like the seeing people. I fell in love with this man and we got married. Most people don't know this story. In fact, as she wrote it, she said, I really have never told the story before. People know about it some. But God gave us a baby. And I cared for that baby as a mother would, though blind. I knew how to take care of my baby. But tragically, one day our little infant baby died. And she said, I never got to see my baby. But one day, I'll see my baby again. I, I shall, 
I'm going to be able to see Jesus. And she wrote, I shall know him. I shall know him. And redeemed by his side I shall stand. I shall know him. I shall know him by the print in the nails of his hand. She said, I'm looking forward to go to heaven one day and to think that the first face I'll see is Jesus. You know, tonight I, I want you to pray for me. I, I want my eyes. I, I, I want them to see good things, lovely things, honest. We did last night see the news for a little bit, maybe 35, 40 minutes. There was something we wanted to see what was happening in our state. But we haven't watched the news most of the summer. But you know, it's an amazing thing. The news about in June is the same news that we got today. It's not really any different. COVID is still here. Riots are still here. Rebellion is still here. Anti-God is still here. Democrats and Republicans are still here. They're on different pages entirely. But I want you to know something. I can't watch a lot of news. I'm not disciplined enough. The, the news discourages me because I bring it into my, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not gonna watch news. There was two years I shut the radio off in my car. I said, I'm not gonna listen. I, 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 I think we need to be disciplined, but I, I, I will watch the news. But I wanna watch and be very careful what I bring in here because what comes in here goes up here. And what goes up here always leads to an action. Father, I love my people so much. And I miss them tonight. And I pray to give them courage to get back to church. Lord, I, I see this as the, I really see it as perhaps the last window. It is so amazing how almost every church in this area, not all I'm sure, certain, but almost everyone, is just okay the way it is. I don't have to go to church. I can still give my money online, still watch if it's convenient. God, I wonder how many people in America are gonna go back to church. As one preacher said, maybe this is good because it's gonna purge the sheep and the goats. Because many will come in that day and say, Lord, have we not prophesied in that day? I wonder how many have been sitting in pews all across America that have never had any salvation experience. They like the pastor, or they like the church, or they like the program, or they like what's going on. They like how we're helping people. God, it has to be a lot more than like. I pray that our eyes would be getting burdened for these, these streets around here. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.